Hi, I'm Sam Fesich from the EduMagic Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Episode of the High Tech Podcast. No, it is not that kind of high tech, but we are two highly esteemed friends of one another. How long have you been thinking of that one? That's you know, that... like you were like, you build that up in your head as if like, here's my moment. We are not the High Tech Podcast. <laughs> like... I've had people ask me that. Oh, you do a podcast. What's it called? High Tech Podcast. Oh, is it about marijuana? No, no, no. That honestly no, probably not. would have been a more interesting topic, you know? Like... <laughs> Savage. Savage. Yeah. yeah, just throw our podcast under the bus. Yeah, it's fine. I do it occasionally. We are here, folks, and we're pretty excited to open up Whew. episode 92. Yep, Full yep. transparency. We have no idea who we are, where we are, when we are, what we're doing. We, we've yeah, been recording we've... these episodes all over the place. Yeah. So, like, here's a history lesson of the high tech podcast. Okay. Uh, there were two two men uh, who felt shit. <laughs> I didn't need to go back that far. But Will and I used to be very used to recording episodes out of order. And some yeah. podcasters are like, we do that all the time. And you know what? That's great. I'm happy for you. But for a little while, Will and I got used to just being on the same actually timeline. recorded episode. Yes. 90 before 91 before yes. 92 we were not multiversal recording jumping we were just in order and that has not happened recently and i gotta be honest we're a little lost but we know where yeah. we're at uh it, right well, now that's what show uh, notes yeah. are for yes that's what show notes are for um Tonight, so, yeah. today whenever we have returning yes. to join us dr justin harbin we're Ooh. in the midst of the ungrading series. This is episode two. So before this, you heard from us about um, what ungrading is just a little bit, right? Yeah. And, and if you um, didn't stop the episode right now, go listen to that episode of what ungrading is. Even if you already feel like you know what it is, it's fun to listen to Will and I try to explain it when we realize we may not fully know what it is entirely we... just yet. <laughs> are recording this very moment having nearly completed the series and you're yes. only listening to the second episode so yes i will say from the future that it gets we have better. learned quite a lot it does yes, get better it, does, it gets better it gets better it does get yeah. better anyway, all right okay. none, none of this so we're done with this multiversal nonsense we'll get into this mm -hmm. the shtick of things we are going to have a conversation with justin tonight about why should we do ungrading yes. What, why should we do this? What's the, the, the purpose behind it? Um, he's going to open up some of those points for us, lead us down a wonderful conversation of theory. There is going to be a connection break in this episode, so we'll see how I've yeah. edited it together. Um, uh, I will, I will admit the series has tested the high tech podcast ability to, to stream. We've been spoiled up to this point. So prep, put your seatbelt on, get ready for a journey. Cause things are about to get a little bouncy, but it's going to be great. Up. Buckle yes. up, Buttercup. Let's go. <laughs> yep. So um, without further ado, I'm just going to hold it here. We'll turn it over to the interview with uh, Justin and get things going. We are here with Justin Harbin, Dr. Justin Harbin. Very excited to have you back again, Jay. How you doing, dude? 
Oh, fantastic. Really wonderful to, uh, to be along again. Always a pleasure. Love it. Love it. We are, we have been, you know, having a fun night this evening, trying to get you on the podcast. There was some Wi-Fi issues. There was some room and space issues, but it's all ironed out. Yeah, we're here. We're ready. It's okay. Listen, ready. Justin drops out. Some might say those issues. Yeah. If Justin drops out, we will. Oh, oh I thought we, we was blocked uh... out. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going first? Some might say, Justin, you were going to say? Oh, I was just going to say these difficulties might be a metaphor for the structural problems that ungrading is meant to address. <laughs> that there's a there's something going on and we have to uh, we have to strive against them. So I'm just saying that was he much better than home. what I was going to say. We haven't so, even started. Uh, let's, let's move with that. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds. Um. All right. Well. We're in the ungrading series. We kind of situated that for you a little bit beforehand, but like right before this, we've talked about um, what is ungrading, and now after after this, we're going to move into how and some of the the, the what's and who's, and we're trying to get all of these questions under. But for you today, this conversation, we're we're just going to throw the ball out there. Why? Why should we, or why do we do ungrading? I think there's always room in there. Feel free, you know, to pitch in like. Why has the system been yeah. the way it has been in the first place? Oh, we could be here for three hours. Oh, but. that's not how long this episode is. Why? <laughs> <laughs> could be. Uh, I have a bedtime. I have a bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. Let's start with this though. What was your first interaction like? When did you first hear about ungrading? Um, well, it's tough because I mean, ungrading itself is a, a, a broad term, right? It's a, it's a whole spectrum of practices and, um, it, for me, ungrading sits as one really important part, but just one part of a larger ecosystem of, of keeping student learning at the, at the feedback um, in a kind of a holistic manner. And so, <clears throat> so for me, if learning is actually about change, long-term change in different ways and kind of, uh, you know, saying, hey, here's where my students are and I want to stretch them. Uh, in ways that are appropriate to their unique experiences and backgrounds to a place they could never have gotten if they just had a textbook or YouTube or chat GPT. <laughs> uh, I want to I take them where they can, you know, uh, because I'm a human, I'm better than chat GPT uh, as a teacher uh, for now, at least. Um, but uh, yeah, so for me, it's part of a larger ecosystem. And wh where I came into it was just over the years, as I grew into my own as a teacher, uh, whether at the high school level or in higher ed, becoming super dissatisfied with the way things were uh, at, I mean, early on in high school and, and students, I, was, I would teach AP US history and things like that. They'd be so obsessed with their grades. And I'm like, man, I've never cared once about the letter or number next to your name. I want you to do well and do the best of your ability. Yeah. I just don't care about that number because I'm, I'm not sure about that. Um, and, and it doesn't take very much digging into the history. I mean, get to that maybe in a bit to realize this is a pretty recent system. Uh, and one that gives us, I think, a false sense of objectivity. Um, oh, yeah. I used to believe it gave this kind of sense of objectivity and, and impartiality. And I just don't know it actually does that. Um, but, so, yeah. Wait, you're saying humans can't get away from partiality well, we and can subjectivity? can when we just do letters like, and numbers, clearly. That's, that's like, oh, uh, yeah. right. My, my, yeah. If we just, just make data, it that simple. Uh, humans are totally objective. Yeah. It's just numbers. You can't argue with numbers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Tell that to every student who's ever gotten a letter grade they didn't want and their yes. parents yeah. told them to fight it, you know. 
It's exactly true. I think there's there's a moment, and this always happens when I'm on the podcast, is I process out loud with you guys, and like yeah. memories oh, yeah. come back as I go. Oh, so yeah. uh, it's it's Do it. beauty that happens. Um, I think one of the first things that really stuck out to me is like this system is not helpful at the, at, at a minimum. Um, was when I was a high school teacher and I was kind of going through grades and stuff with my students, and I realized, hey, and at the time we had a six point grading scale, so. Um, which, you know, so you needed a 94 to get an okay. A, you know, yeah. okay. as okay. opposed to every school around us was on a 10 point grading scale because it was the early 2000s. And, you know, you know, we had, no they had modernized. Which I left behind and <laughs> yeah, well, they had modernized a bit. And, and so I, I sat there and I'm like, well, college as, as my students apply to colleges, colleges are not digging down to see which schools use 10 point versus six point versus whatever no so yeah. i was like wow this is really un- an unfair disadvantage and then i kind of started to think well what's actually the difference um and i also immediately came up against resistance uh in that my my colleagues i remember distinctly uh, coming loaded for bear to a uh <laughs> faculty meeting i had i had my studies i had my, I had my research and i come in there and i'm like let's go i'm gonna and and, and not surprising but the, the 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 pushback i got not from my administrator but from my my colleagues was you're dumbing it down you're dumbing it down. Um, this is going to make the smart kids lazy. Because um, I was advocating at that point for a 10-point grading scale. Uh, and that was like what? scandal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was scandal. Uh, and I just remember <laughs> thinking, wow. And I had the research, guys. I had printed out like it was the 90s. I had like a physical binder. Oh, yeah. Because I'm be honest. <laughs> no, I wasn't that cool. It well, was that's why they didn't believe you. Like an amateur. You didn't yeah. have a three-ring binder. Today, <laughs> today it would have been like a 60-slide yeah. deck. 60-slide oh, yeah. slide, yeah. slide deck, just deep with citations and, and, and oh, big, yeah. you know, re- references and stuff. But We could have gone oh, with like a man. Leslie Nope uh, scrapbook, <laughs> maybe. Like a yeah. full-on yeah, binder <laughs> would have been great. Yes, oh, Leslie great Nope. Rec. Thank you, Parks and Rec. <laughs> I love that yeah. reference. That's interesting because oh, I feel wow. like that's uh, what I end up like, at least my introductions to this, Justin, from you and a few other people, like, I feel like the response sometimes to ungrading in, in a big way. Now you weren't going for ungrading. You were just going for, Hey guys, what if we don't do a six point, we do a 10 point. Well, we just did it differently. Kind of like the, well, yeah. you know, we'll dumb this down a little bit. We'll take away the standards. Like, that seems to be kind of the also the similar reaction mm. to ungrading in a certain way. Do you think that's fair based on your yeah. experience? Yeah. Or or here's what I get, and I still get it all the time in higher ed, is if you don't grade it, they won't do it. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. yeah. I've got yeah, some yeah. interesting counterpoints to that we can discuss later, but that was, and I yeah. struggle with that too. Um, but yeah, my unease came over the years as I interacted with students and I was like, hold on, why am I grading participation? Like, how was that fair to oh. my introverts? You know, yes. all these different things that were in, that were interconnected. And like what really would get to me was the anxiety my students carried with them about a grade. I'm like, guys, you shouldn't care about this. And yet at the same time, while I was telling them they shouldn't care about that, I was using a system that was continuing and perpetuating uh, their anxiety. And so it caused me to ask, hold up, like, yeah, in what ways am I complicit in this? Um, and and it, it, it wasn't just the anxiety. It was like you'd have a group project. Uh, and it's I would do these at K-12 or in higher ed. And man, uh, you know, and I get it. Look, we're all like, hey, when I die, I want my group my group project members to lure me into the grave so they can let me down one more time. You know, I, I, <laughs> but, That's good. 
it's a meme. I, it's a meme from somewhere. I can't remember where That's it was. So good. Um, but but like I I get it. But like to see my students like formed, like their dispositions be like for themselves and their own survival at the cost of others. Um, that's, I would look at that and be like, I don't like that. That's, that's not a healthy, uh, value system. And it had been kind of shaped in them, uh, through the system. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And, and that's, I think one of those things that like early on, I've, I've been pretty, I I know times where I was antagonistic against, uh, ungrading and just maybe non-traditional forms of instruction. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, and, and you could just, you could just pull in any of the names of like the, you know, the hippie-ish or the new age-ish, uh, you know, K-12 education things, like kids running around with their shoes. Like, I, I've always, I've always like, I got my box and that was where I wanted to be. And yet, if you, if you think about what you started this point of like, what do I want them to learn? The idea that there's a number attached to that and what that scale of numbers is, it has nothing to do with what I want them to learn. It's yeah. something we did to try and measure them, to fit them in boxes, to, you know, like there, there's, we have one question that we prep for tonight that we're going to probably ask you and Dr. Shea, but, uh, you know, it'll come, we'll come around to that because it's like in the, in the end of all this, even if we decide to do it today, decide to do undergrading today, there's still that system. We all have to yeah. wrestle with that. We are still <laughs> in the higher education system. There is still accreditation bodies, legal bodies that right will make us submit yeah. something numerical or, or a letter grade yeah. at the end of the semester. So we have to wrestle with that, but I'll, I'll come back around to that one. All right. Why, why should we, why should we ungrade? I think we're hearing some of it, but like, what would be your, your lead premise, yeah. your elevator pitch you for five doing minutes ungrading? To a new teacher in an elevator. Why do, why do ungrade? Oh, 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 and if you don't do it, if you don't listener. do it successfully, they will leave that elevator and implement a six-point grading scale in their course immediately after they're done. No. <laughs> listener, his, he, he, Justin literally put his hands to his face and like just got so stressed with that. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually want to caveat before, I don't know that I would want to commit to new teacher yet. Okay. Um, yeah. It may take some time before you, because for me, ungrading is so contextual as with literally any educational mm-hmm. method Good. or system, it, it, your context matters more than anything. What works for me at LBC can work, w- would not necessarily work in another setting. And I yeah. think that is got to, got to think through that with your team that you're teaching alongside wherever your setting is. Um, yeah. So, um, okay. So, so here's the easiest argument I think to me, um, there's actual research that this is harmful, mm. uh, that, that traditional yeah. grades and the ways we wield them like weapons uh, can be. So so can I give you a, there's a study I was cited. Um, I can pull up the, the research and give you guys a link if you yeah, like afterwards. Oh, we'll, get it. we'll get sheriff, it. Uh, in Florida, um, not surprising of all places, um, a county sheriff was um, using. Florida grades. man. Yeah, right. This is this is years ago. This is before um, current controversies. Uh <laughs> there was a county sheriff that was using grades to predict future criminals. Um, and so like academic grades are being used. I'm not sure how uh, student privacy came into that and whatever, but it happened. Um, and uh, we actually do have pretty significant data sets. I think the one I mo- had most recently seen cited was from New York state, which is where uh, child abuse um, often spikes in the home on days when report cards are sent out. 
Um, and and we know these things. Like, and these are like more extreme examples. They're more extreme examples. I think a lot of the harm happens in very subtle ways at the emotional, psychological level. Um, yeah. Grading makes mistakes unexpected. Mm. Um, like, oh, what happened? Um, and and uh, like, if you know anything about learning, all, all of us who are you know successful learners who have, have cultivated over time know that good learning happens most often, most powerfully through mistakes and risk taking. Um, and I think part of it too. I, I love history. Um, these sort of grading systems are actually really historically recent. Hmm. Uh, I think the oldest like performance based scales we can find are like 125 years old ish. Um, but wow. it's not really until the 1940s that we see any sort of standard system. So it's not like the sort of inevitable thing that was always going to happen. Um, it's in the 1940s, World War II came along. It was the first time we started to see IQ tests, which are also bogus, <laughs> um, uh, that you can boil someone down to one <laughs> number. It's just it, we, we, we thought we could ascertain all that can be ascertained about the world through numbers. There was such yeah. a confidence in, in our ability to grasp that. And we've, we've grown out of that. We've emerged out of that, certainly, but now but we carry on these systems. Um, that's a short answer, I think. I mean, how, how have we done education well throughout the centuries? It's been through feedback. It's been through a lot of project-based learning. Um, think about the medieval apprentice um, having to create a masterpiece, um, you know, and, and, and that would be examined by the experts who were masters in that trade, right? Um, so the, we know these those systems have been centuries old and we're dealing with yeah. something that's it's barely a, a century and a half yeah no i love that and that's one of those things where i coming from my love for education comes from informal education right it comes from martial mm. arts where i started teaching as a 13 14 15 year old you know doing some basic support in the classroom and then 16 17 18 started taking some of my own classes on there's there's eventually some level of assessment at tests and stuff like that, but like day to day, class to class, between those tests, which can be a six months and a year and then two years apart, right? These tests are never close in martial arts. There's no grading. It, it's practice, 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 mm-hmm. practice, do, do, do. And I've always loved that uh, experience. I, I think it's it's tough. It's tough to imagine something like that compared against studying biology, right? Like a physical practice, a physical art. I've always thought that the idea of having like the authentic practice to physically do it in front of you makes sense with things that you can do that. But like, how do I study this, the structures of a cell? Like, what do we do to physically practice the structures Mm. of a cell? Now we can get into realia. We can make models today. We could have that be a part of the 3d printing class, right? Who knows? But, um, we could tell Jet GPT to make us uh, structural structures of cells and then put it into code for the 3D printer and then put it. Into- I actually recently saw someone on Reddit uh, show a video of a 3D printer handwriting his homework that Chat GPT oh. wrote. At that right? point, so the, you the pencil is in the 3D pass. printer. Like if you, it doesn't even matter what the topic I, I is about. It. If you I went was, that far, yeah. Prompts. <laughs> you you will succeed somewhere. Yeah. Um. It just might not be yep. in that topic that you were right. learning. <laughs> yeah. You would not succeed in a traditional yeah. grading system, Ooh. but in yeah. grading you might. Yeah. I I do again in in a research article um about cheating and plagiarism stuff like that at one point during my master's studies. I saw that this group in the West Coast, a group of students in the West Coast got, you know, expelled and banned and whatever. And and is talking about the issue that they had in hand. 
that they hacked not not just got someone's password like they figured out and hacked the firewall of the district and got through that into the server and found their grades and didn't just like go it's not like you know we know like they went into the school lms and logged in as the teacher and just changed the nine to a ten like they hacked through the firewall got into the server found the data set changed the numbers in the server and then hit save and, and backed away and they never even saw the front end user databases right and I'm, and they got expelled and i'm like yes I get it for ethics, but on the other side, like get these kids a job, like someone get them into the CIA. Let's go. Like they are going to figure these things out. And I, I think we've just got plenty of good fun examples here of like how non-traditional learning or learning outside of the, the grounds of the, you know, 10 point scale works people. It's like, it's not like school is the only place people yeah. learn. We know. Yeah. This. And I think what would really illuminate for this for me, so when I first started teaching, I was a history teacher, uh, multiple choice tests, mm-hmm. essays, the standard go-to thing, right? Um, and those worked fine enough. I didn't necessarily know any better. I felt like I had pretty good data. I understood that, say, in a multiple choice, um, I had to write, I had to be very careful in how I, how I wrote. Um, you know, I, I didn't realize uh, all that I know now about, you know, say like survey instrument design and, 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 you know, item validation and things like that, that would really, uh, yeah. um, could maybe help Test me write a better multiple it. choice question today, but, um, not until I started getting into formative assessment in a big way, um, did all of a sudden I got a richer data set on my student learning. And as soon as I did that, it was like, oh, wow, I'm getting such a thin picture, uh, with these other pieces. Um, And that's why I recommend a first year teacher, say, dive into immediately. And I tell my students this, you need to be using formative assessments all the time. And and you, we do, I mean, obviously you can define formative assessment as even something super informal, right? But that is the place to start. Um, Yeah. And, and, and once I then started decoupling my formative assessments from actual grades, yeah. You were taking the steps. You were doing it small, you know, little steps at a time. It was incremental. I didn't, I'm not talking about massive change. Um, it's just about those small incremental, I'm going to experiment with this, try with this, let it fail because I want to be a good learner, uh, and model that. And when it does fail, I talk to my students about it. Yeah. Um, and and, and we can, and we can, we can unpack Mm. that. So now Justin, I'm curious, um, that might help answer the why question a little bit too, even more is like what, so obviously I know you kind of had like a progressive journey to doing some ungrading. If you could share maybe like some, even some practical, um, like ways you ended up kind of testing this in your own experience of what you saw as kind of the byproduct of that, that's kind of pushed you over the edge to say this, this helps learning better than even some of our traditional systems do. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So a small step that I took was, I mean, for years, for many years, going back all the way to when I was a high school teacher, I would do, uh, I would try to scaffold things well. So a project would have checkpoints, yeah. you name it, right? And I would yeah. give feedback on those checkpoints. And I knew some of my students were reading it. Um, I, you know, I knew feedback was important, but it's like you just pray and hope that they will read this, <laughs> um, right? Uh, and same thing when I moved to higher ed. Uh, I, I got even better at doing the scaffolding. I was doing it a lot more. Um, and, uh, he's, man, I hope they're finding it. And one of my frustrations, you know, with canvas was, oh, there's like multiple clicks they have to make to see your feedback if you're annotating the paper and whatever. Right. So I'm like, oh, I hope they're reading it. Um, and, and the common knowledge would be, well, if you grade it, like they'll be doing it, they'll be checking it. And 
I just don't know that's the case. And so one of the things I yeah. started doing was to, to move to a complete incomplete system. Um, I'd done it in my earlier days in K-12 and for smaller things, and it worked pretty well. And I shifted to all of my scaffolded points being like that. And it seemed like my students were actually, and, and I, we talked through, we had the conversations of like, I care most about your learning. Um, and so this feedback is for you. Um, that's what I want you to put the weight with, not the number. And so we, we, we moved that direction and I've seen them engage at a far greater level. Um, and so, so, so dropping the grades. And so one of the, um, uh, I read this, uh, somewhere actually it was, I think it was in this book, uh, happens to be here on the table uh, with me. There you go. Uh, there you go. If you want a recommendation, this is a, um, a book edited by Susan Bloom. It's got a whole bunch of different, uh, chapters or essays written by other experts in ungrading. It's awesome. Um, but one of the quotes in here, I'll just kind of paraphrase it is, um, if you're, if your students aren't reading feedback, try not giving grades and see what happens. Mm. Um, Ooh. so you have to like pull the crutch away for them to like, cause they're going to want to know well, what's going on, what's going on. And we don't want to make them anxious. If you move too fast in your context, yeah. Yeah. um, you can, and especially among students who are higher performers, um, uh, Hey, our, our, I teach in a teacher ed program and we tend to, I would say people who tend to want to be teachers tend to be higher performers. We don't necessarily, you know, we get people who tend to be driven, uh, yep. compassionate, empathetic, whatever. Uh, and that's definitely true for us. And I'm, I'm always kind of brag on our students for that. I'm like, yeah, well, our students, you know, <laughs> they're, they're, they're kind of the cream of the crop. Um, you're, you're the, uh, the doting yeah. father figure, you know, oh, yeah, they, they, yeah. these, these are my, these are my students. These are my kids are <laughs> doing great. So, but, but one, that's what, that's why I have to actually spend a little more time. I think like, Hey, this may really rub you the wrong way because you're probably someone who got mm. really good grades in high school. Um, yep. say goodbye to those good grades that gave you those dopamine hits. <laughs> um, <laughs> time to do different things, right? Just like the apps on your phone. Well, and, and that's one that thing that connects Ooh. back to my, my experience with my Ooh. now wife. Like at the time we were, we were dating, she was in community college and I think it was probably the first <laughs> I would almost say, I would say almost panic attacks. I saw her get, we're sitting in her, in her parents' living room. She get her, her grades back from the end of her semester. And it was her first and last first and last a minus. And I'll tell you, she was not happy. I mean, if you're talking about those students with anxiety, with whatever, like, I don't think she was anxious about it, but she was just so pissed. Like she tried so hard. Yeah. She, she, she had a good relationship with the teacher. She, she hmm. did everything that us brown nosers know to do. <laughs> right. And she got the a minus. And I mean, you know, the family's, the family's enjoyable moment of that story is that I threw her on my shoulder and threw her out of the house and said, calm down and shut the door in her face. And that's when my mother-in-law knew that I would be her husband someday. <laughs> um, but that reaction was visceral to her. I mean, I thought she was like playing it, but she was truly distraught about that <laughs> one and only a minus in her adult career. You know, she did not get any more a minuses at, at, at her next degree uh, study. So it's real, you know, and, and she's, she's the high performer. She was able to, she was able to cope with it, but still was affected negatively. And the last point in the story is that eventually she talked to the teacher about it. She goes, Oh, you should have just told me I would have changed it to an A. Ah! <laughs> oh, yep. after like a, a year Harvard, later. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, but that, that raises a really viable point though. Uh, I think you, 
it even let's just I've never didn't see the paper or the project or whatever it was, but the teacher might have given a lot of feedback. She probably didn't right. see oh, any yeah. of it. She's at A minus, and it's like you know panic Everything alarms going done. off. So so there, there's and this this gets into so we've talked about ChatGPT. Uh, all of the hand wringing about students plagiarizing and things like that, taking shortcuts, cramming for exams. These are these are indicators of a system that prizes points in winning above all else. Mm. Now, I'm ext- I'm an extremely competitive person, so like, sign me up. <laughs> no, um, no, you're but not. It's not. It's not <laughs> healthy. It's not a healthy thing. And so, um, so so we this system takes the focus off the things that we know are most impactful for learning. We know narrative feedback is one of the most impactful triggers for metacognition, and. Yet we yep. use these things that totally undermine all of our careful work. And, and there's a lot of hours that I put into my narrative feedback. Um, you better believe I want them to read it and engage with it and use it and yeah. do something. Um, yeah. So well, it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. I think Justin, the, like I've, I've thought about this before and we've had conversations about this before. And I've even said to you that honestly, I think you're one of the people who's brought me around the edge of, of ungrading. Cause I was originally just more of a pessimistic LMS admin that was like, can, you, can we just set it up the way canvas wants it, please? Um, and uh, <laughs> but like to your point like I, I remember this in grading students even last semester like the amount of time that we put into feedback it's only clicking i think really now and recently that the grades that we're putting in they become a distractor from the feedback which is really the thing that's that's going to help them learn anyway like and it works on both cases right like oh yeah um student who gets a really mm. good grade who gets an a I, we know that like, there's so many cases they don't read that feedback because they're like, I've already succeeded. It's already basically perfect. I don't need to be better. I, right. I am, right. it's, I'm already good enough. Um, and, uh, and it's like, but that's not what learning's about. This is that A to us means something different mm. in most instructors' cases. It means, okay, you met the requirements. Here's my feedback, though. We're going to be doing, especially in scaffolded assignments. But I think for many students, they view it as kind of like, I've arrived. Okay, next one, I'll keep arriving. Um, and they don't read that feedback. Yeah, I got, got my A. Why look back? Yeah, why think why about it? Why read all that stuff my instructor wrote? I already succeeded. I don't want to deal with that for the next 20 minutes or hour, whatever I'm reading, depending on if they wrote a paragraph or not. Um, <laughs> but I think, like, either way, on both yeah. sides, that's discouraging the components. It's not, it's, setting the standards on the wrong. I think this is the thing that's convinced me over the time. It's setting the standards on the wrong achievement like we're creating a fictitious achievement yeah. to represent something but we don't agree on what it represents instead of the achievement being um, well and, yes. and instead of the yes. achievement being the learned the learnedness like if they had just achieved yeah. learning if there was yeah. that's what we want that's what we should be putting a lot of the emphasis on success looking like to your point it's okay to make mistakes if we're using that to learn we're using that to uh, take that feedback and get better the next time and, and reshape it. Um, and grades, mm. uh, systems, numbers for that, they don't, that's not, that's not what that's about. It's more of like a concrete kind of let's, let's put something in place to make us feel better about where we're at uh, in the, in the situation of learning. So you said something that for me just really summarizes another one of the big issues it makes the wrong thing our priority, right? And what we're doing Ooh. much like, Many technologies can do. Uh, I'm going to talk to a class tomorrow uh, as a guest uh, about AI and some of those things. And one of the things I've been thinking about as I work with our professors 
um, is uh, what are, and this is really true with any technology, whether the technology is a worksheet made of paper that I'm using in a class or a teaching methodology um, or AI. Um, for me, the right use of those is built on deeply human foundations um, rather than exchanging what seems human or it seems effective in, by some standard. And what we often do is we, 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 sell, we sell ourselves for these really thin experiences. So think about spending all day on Zoom versus with people you care about. You don't feel great at the end of a day on Zoom for crying out loud or like or watching that binging Netflix, right? I, I kind of feel like ill. <laughs> Some, I don't know. Like, Speak you know, for yourself on that one. Netflix, I mean, if know, I just you know. if I throw some bucks and rack on, yeah, it depends on the show. It depends on the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but we we trade. We 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 think yeah, because yeah. we've had these experiences. We've actually we don't realize what's been traded away. And so with that one, um, good enough, right? I got the A. Why should I even listen? You know, sure you get feedback. Haha. I'm mostly going to look at it with rose tinted glasses now. Mm. Um, and and that's the, that's the trouble because you'll always have students who didn't need you to meet your learning goals. That's just reality. Uh, wherever you teach, yeah. they're like they're they were going to excel. They could have the worst right. teacher ever and no support, and they were going to do it because they had all sorts of advantages in other areas or prior experience or something, right? Um, and so, one of the changes I made for that oh, that was always one of my frustrations is I would get these A students who would always meet the requirements and get the A because they met requirements. Okay, cool. But what have you learned? You've learned to follow directions, I guess. Mm. Um, right. if I'm looking yeah. in, for me, for me, and this is a, a bit more of a personal thing, but my educational philosophy is that I want to see people form. I want to see them form holistically. Um, I, I, I want to see dispositions and virtues develop over time. And that's a really tricky thing. Um, I want to see them care about others and grow in those ways. Um, and this is where I'm like, does this really, it almost, it almost commo it commodifies everything. Mm. Everything Ooh. can be purchased and bought and pillaged for my own purposes. Professor, tell me what I need to do to get the A so I can get in and get out. Mm. Um, Our students and, are just a bunch of Vikings. <laughs> yeah. We teach, we teach them how to uh, implicitly, right? We teach them how to – watch my words. I don't get too, too uh, hasty here. But we basically teach them to traffic and um, uh, uh, spend this currency, right? Uh, yeah. Grades are currency. Um, oh, to put it that are, way, learning yeah. becomes an economy. Becomes an economy, yeah. yeah. Or at least an economy around some things when it, we could be, it could be about other things. So, right. so a, a small change that I made in my rubrics, and this was not without some pushback, um, uh, where I can, where I'm allowed to, I've removed points in Canvas. I can hide the points from them. Uh, but used to, boy, you should have seen my rubrics back in the day. I had like, because they were so objective, right? I kind of thought object, rubrics were like the, the way you do that. <laughs> and I would just spend so much time building these elaborate rubrics. And later on, I realized nobody's going to read this. Um, and it's probably not giving me the objectivity that I think it is. And so I simplified right. down. Uh, I, I try to limit how many levels of, how many criteria uh, I'm working through. I try to keep that to three or so. Um, but then even the levels I simplified and instead of having five levels and it, 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 it reveals itself pretty quickly when you try to write a rubric and you're trying to come up with the words mm. like exemplary, very good, good, <laughs> almost there. Like, you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> and the, 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 amount of, the amount of time it takes for us to like nuance that out should, should like, should be like, hello. Like you were being so subjective right now. Red flag. Um, <laughs> And years I did that, and I'm like, oh, what's the difference between very good and superior? 
Um, you know, and, and we try to, like, what are we doing? Um, and so uh, I, I uh, upon reading great resources like this and talking with colleagues, uh, I settled on doing three levels. I do uh, does not yet meet requirements because we like that growth mindset. We like the power of the word yet. Um, cook it till it's done. You know, put that thing back in the <laughs> oven if it's not done yet. Um, and I like my steak rare though, so uh, that's well, steak's a little yeah, early. Well, that's also well, that's weird. Really so yeah. let's move back um, to the more normal system. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 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 uh, does not yet meet re- meets requirements. Then meets requirements. If we had to put a number, just for sake of a conversation here, uh, that would be like your your high B, low A. That would be okay. like your ninety. Um, yeah. I want my students wherever their capacity is, wherever their um, the range of of capacities for them. I want them to shoot for the stars. I want them to take risks, like good scholars do. Um, and so I want, uh, I have an exceeds expectations mm-hmm. and, and I have descriptions of what that looks like, obviously, but I, I want them to creatively, I want them to surprise me. I want to say, whoa, when I'm reading their paper and grading and you never get a, whoa, you very rarely get a, whoa, if it's just trying to meet expectations like I did yeah. for years, right. not until right. I started to push them in this area that I'm like, oh, wow, these people are brilliant. Uh, and of course their students were brilliant before. Right. But like, this is, um, it, it gave they started them the showing it to you. Yeah, you got to give them permission to do so, and it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. and it's scary because they have been conditioned out of any risk taking, mm. um, yeah. and that's a that's a that's a problem. That is a that is a um, a defor- a deformity we have given to our students. This this really connects back though to a couple episodes ago, um, episode 90, 90 with my brother. He was saying, you know, he's teaching acupuncture and he's, he was all about the question. He wants them to question. I, I said something back to him. I said, oh yeah, isn't it great that you get them all to the same question? He goes, no, I want them all to have their own questions. I want everyone <laughs> to bring as many questions as they have. And, and what I'm, what I'm connecting here is that point of what he's saying is that give them the space to take mm-hmm. the risk to bring themselves yeah. to the learning. And to ask whatever question might need to be asked, like even even question asking is a skill that we've kind of backburnered in the classroom. We want them to raise their hand and ask a question that lets us say the cool fact we know. Right. We don't want them to question even how we taught them that day or question the methods that we're using in the final paper or question the structure of the course or question how we, why we even need the information that's present in that day. You know, like these are the things that should be fair game in a classroom because it's, it is the, it is the lab to test, right? To put ourselves up on the line and say, are we, are we making it? Is it working? Test our, test our metal. Um, I love that about Charles's connection, you know, that bring that episode in, but like that, I think that's what you're driving to here as well, that you're creating yeah. space for them to take those risks. And it's, it's a t- applying to like a universal design for learning principle of forgiveness that if they take the mm. risk and it's not quite baked, it is not <laughs> yet where it needs to be. They get another chance forgiveness to do yeah. it again, that, that the ri- that the risk wasn't something they're going to get punished oh. for. Right. Oh, that's so good. I'm glad you mentioned UDL because that is such a great intersection. Again, I think ungrading is a part of an ecosystem Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of, of learning that is human and um, uh, and creative and playful, hearkening back to a previous podcast episode, <laughs> uh, I believe, right? Um, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think 
Yeah, and even with that. Yeah, I think it's just oh, ahead, uh, the thing I think triggering for me is just that at its core, ungrading in a certain way is trying to create an environment that encourages um, exploration with the mindset that like we want you to explore. And so actually we're going to more reward you for attempting even beyond, you know, ha- a half-baked mm-hmm. idea, not completely out of the, the crazy realm, uh, you know, but um, within the parameters we've set kind of aiming for something, but just like shooting for it and hoping uh, to get it. And if you don't, it's okay. We'll work through those, those pieces that you miss or, things where you know what that was really good here but you know where we came over here maybe we want to be careful about this idea uh that you're talking about and like helping them massage their understanding of something and the great system that we currently have Mm -hmm. definitely defeats that like because it's kind of the idea if you don't hit it well you're gonna get that grade and it's gonna stick in the grade book forever unless we come to an agreement about how you can redo this um and uh that becomes Ooh. a problem or if we, if yeah, we, curve, or if we it. curve it like some made-up system uh, at the end of curving it curves yeah. don't get me started Gross. curving is the is basically the equivalent of like throwing your papers down the stairs whoever ones go down to the fifth stair get an a and if they're on the third stair they get a b curving is uh yeah it is uh reckless <laughs> and and it is uh it is it is unprofessional mm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I I love this. Yeah. I mean, just this is just this is one of those ones. This is one of those episodes, folks, where like some folks we have tons of questions prepped and whatever. We knew Justin just like, hey, here's the question: Why should we do this? And here we are developing all. Although these I'm a little thoughts. disappointed we didn't oh, get like gosh. a German philosopher or anything here. You know, I was expecting some. some yeah, cool, come on, uh, man. Some philosopher um, oh, I can. Uh, actually, now that you say that. Um, uh, <laughs> You said German. Will Czech Republic yeah, do? I mean, he's, that's fine. I think that it was basically the yeah, same yeah, yeah. thing. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure. So no, this actually, this is actually, I'm glad you brought this up. This is good. Um, so there was a, um, is a, a education reformer. I'm trying to remember if I mentioned him in our podcast on play. Sorry about fly. That's just like following me around. It's no, yeah, you're good. Um, we can't see it. Very, a, but that was a, that was episode yeah, so 55, by the way, for folks who can go back around. and listen. Yeah, I, I and I want to say I mentioned so his name is John Amos Comanius. Yes. Um, yes, this and is the guy. <laughs> you mentioned him. Yeah, good, good, good. I love Comanius. Um, so I I love him for so many reasons. Uh, he's one of the very first to call for universal education to argue that even those who are cognitively impaired deserve to be educated, and he goes even further. This is what gets into ties into ungrading. Um, one of his big cases he had this he had this just a love of nature and the world. And, and had this belief that um, – so humans uh, have more power than, say, squirrels, right? If a squirrel makes a mistake, who cares? Um, <laughs> if a human makes a mistake, it can be a really big deal. Uh, and so yeah. – and especially when it comes to caring for this world. And so um, his argument was the, the world needs humanity to be educated and not just educated as, in terms of like book knowledge, but they need to be good people. Uh, to, to use their power with wisdom and discernment. Um, and that's part of what I'm getting at. Like you'll never, it, you start to strip away the humanity and, and treat students like their brains on sticks. They can just spit things out. And this is a part of humanity always uses our, our technology as metaphors for ourselves, And they never work. I mean, we say things like, I'm, I need to process that. Um, we're using the computer, which is such a crappy um, metaphor for the human mind, right? Um, the human mind is so much yeah. better than the computer. And so, Get them. 
so we use these metaphors and I use them all the time too. Uh, and we exchange these really thin ideas. Uh, we we kind of trade and like, oh, this is this is this is it. We have now apprehended the world. We understand it now. Um, and yet here we are, and um, we we've lost a bit of what it means to. So so a great example. Of this is is when it comes to these grading systems. If I'm forming students unintentionally, let's let's say, let's give teachers the benefit of the doubt um, towards this kind of commodified view of education, everything is to be pillaged, even, uh, okay, kids, uh, on your Nearpod, answer review questions from the textbook that you studied, and they're all racing through it as fast as they can. Um, you know, right. Um, it's just like we used to do with worksheets on paper. It's the same thing. Go find the bolded text. Like, like as if you're, yeah, we insult your intelligence so much, go find the key terms from the textbook because that'll really help you. Um, if you can find them that the publisher so clearly put in bigger font and underlined and, you know, whatever, bolded, <laughs> Um, but, uh, and look, I got an A, I passed it. Right. It's like, what are we, and so we, we teach students that, that, that grades are essentially the, the main end, the chief end of man, as it were. Uh, I won't, I won't go, uh, yeah, down that rabbit trail, <laughs> trail but, um, we follow yeah. you, we follow. Yes. Um, but rather, uh, when we look into something like ungrading, it gives us permission. I, and again, ungrading alongside better teaching, uh, and in learning environments and more equitable learning environments, give students permission to to play and to be creative and to do work that is looking out for others that maybe could it be that my own academic attainment is actually not just for me, but it's also for mm -hmm. others. Um, what a crazy idea. Um, and what, what would our society look like if that's what our educational goal, one of our main educational mm -hmm. priorities was, and we actually pursued it seriously. Because uh, I don't mm -hmm. think we... We, you can go to any kind of school, private or public, and you see these beautiful slogans on bulletin boards and the, and the superintendents are all happy and the little students are smiling, walking through the hallways. Look at all the, the wonderful things we're doing. And yet we have these systems that I think are doing far more work than our fun um, workshop times in class that are teaching students about good things like empathy and, and what have you. No, no, these other systems are beating it right out of them. Mm. Um, <laughs> as they get older, right? And, and by luck, some of them survive and become good people, um, or oh. many of them do, right? But, um, but uh, savage. That's a quote out of this episode. Yeah, now, is, uh, Justin yeah. Harmon. Uh, some survive and become good people. <laughs> the, the promotion for education. It's too late at night for me to be uh, <laughs> rational. Sorry, yeah. Uh, you're good. You're getting no. the unfiltered. Well, I think you're there's something. The I, I'm joking with you, Justin, but I think there's something good about that. What we're talking about, because we we forget yeah. too often, especially in education, that like what you're talking about, really, what we're doing is shaping people. Like we're not just imparting information; we are mm. shaping yeah. people. Now we're shaping them towards certain things. We may be shaping them to love certain topics or certain um, ideas, or love history, yeah. or love like we're we're shaping them towards certain things yeah. or understandings and but we've created a whole system that's kind of the backbone of what yeah. we're doing that really is shaping them towards something that i think should be questionable whether or not we want them to go that direction um which is this mm. uh pure achievement um mentality instead of a growth mentality um and uh yeah, uh, yeah. it's just interesting it's, it's it's a core piece of what happens in education and it's interesting how many of us will complain about it but then at the same time we'll just like enter grades uh and reinforce, reinforce it. We'll, it with one hand say don't care yeah. about the grade but with the other hand go okay well here's your your b minus um because you didn't do these three things uh in the in the, in the assignment yeah. 
And and this, of course, I'm sure you guys already addressed this, uh, or others will, I'm sure, in addition to me. Um, with on-grading, we're not seeking to lower the academic rigor. We're actually increasing it. Mm, Um, This is about Bjork's uh, desirable difficulty, right? We're looking to stretch them uh, to that place. You know, for those top-level students, if they're just meeting requirements, just getting that A, like, you know, it doesn't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be helping. I'm not going to be stretching them. So yeah, especially with our students who are underperformer, uh, underperforming, right? For whatever reason, uh, grades can be particularly demotivating, and and mm. ungrading can give them permission to fail and to because that's what good learners do. We want them to to see that, and so I think there is so much um, benefit for all of our students, but particularly for those who who don't have great family supports at home. Maybe, maybe mom and dad are in the picture, but they didn't have good ex- educational experiences. And so they don't necessarily know how to help as much. So um, particularly for students who are disadvantaged in a variety of ways, like ungrading is a, is a very equitable way to welcome them into learning and to empower them and to make them feel comfortable uh, owning learning and being growing in their own confidence as a learner, which gets me you know, quite excited about you know, a lot of this. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, we, we've got a good bit of content here. Yeah. Thank you, as always. We are going to continue these conversations. I hope you, I hope you tune into the whole series because I know you'll, you'll kind of love our scope here. Um, but until whatever our next hair-brained yeah. idea is to have you on for the podcast. I eagerly anticipate it. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. We'll, we'll wrap up here in just a few seconds. Okay, so we're here to debrief from Justin's episode. But before we do, um, <laughs> you know, we realized that we were just we needed more justin in our lives i think it's yeah, all so it was the debrief what yeah, do you think we're, we're no. for the debrief yeah. uh we're this is all gonna be justin telling us what he thinks of himself um from the episode now um we did not do an app recommendation folks listen this is it's we're on episode 90 if this is the first time it's happened <laughs> go us okay we'll um we recommendation we can't we can't go without that especially with justin on the podcast because justin knows plenty of apps and i know i believe justin i know which one you're about to recommend so let's just jump into it what, what is you what is your us? app recommendation for us i think you do so you know chat gpt may be the the hot topic and uh-huh. in artificial intelligence nowadays i'll do you one better uh in my uh travels uh on edgy twitter I came across uh, one called Research Rabbit. Um, yes. So, so yeah. Research Rabbit is so cool. And it's not like the first time AI has been used to help you find scholarly research. Um, it's just definitely the best I've seen. Um, and so basically you find, you start by finding one paper, uh, it, you know, you put the title in or something. If you find one that, hey, this, these research questions are great. The methodology is something I'm interested in, whatever it is. Uh, and you choose that as your starting point, it can then help you find other similar uh, uh, papers. And what's really cool is it creates this visual kind of web and and you can start to filter it and seeing who is, what other papers are similar that were cited more or less frequently or before or after the study you started with. It is really excellent. And of course, the more papers you build in, the more that that kind of comes out and it, it, what's really helpful too is it helps you i plugged in a, a lit review that i'd already done before uh, and i just started with one of the papers that i liked i'm just curious what can this thing really you know because uh, it was one of those where like yeah i felt i reached, reached that saturation point where i kind of was aware of all of the research in that area 
Uh, and it, it really did a great job. Like it, it was like, yep, those are exactly the, the studies I would expect to see for this. And so I just used it the other day to kickstart uh, uh, some research that I'm doing. And what's really cool for those of you who love Zotero, a little double whammy for you, another Ooh, app, uh, one. It, will, it will link to Zotero. You can, you can start there as your kind of initial brainstorming and then export those to Zotero so you can read them carefully, mark them up uh, as PDFs and, and do all that fun stuff. And so um, Research Rabbit, it is super cool. Well, and it's it's even got the super cool website name. It's researchrabbit.ai. Come on. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's already this, it's already on there. Yeah. This is a 21st I will say, century. Justin has showed me some of this stuff. This is why I knew it was probably going to be the thing he picked he picked up. Uh, we were talking about it at an AI sessions we were doing with faculty at, at our institution, and uh, it's pretty cool. I think it's a cool and could be a very helpful tool. Um, and uh, leverages the hot topic today, uh, which is is really just yeah. AI no, right there's going to be a hashtag ChatGPT on this episode, and the views will be up like tenfold yeah. because of that. Thank you, yeah. Justin. Yeah, thank you. And happy to help. And yeah, I think it and it, and it builds on what we were just saying in the episode that uh, mentioned this about technology, but building on human foundations. What are things that are that are, are lower cost to me as a person when I use this technology? I was going to find those articles. It would just would have taken me a long time and yeah, learning yeah. how to, you know, use the right search terms. I would have found them. It just saves and it allows me to give more time to the things that I, that I need to do rather than the technology. So love it twofold for, you know, your endorsement. I know you're using it. That's always great. <clears throat> the first thing that you see on their website, if you go to try and find pricing is a big donate button next to their mission. Their mission is to be a free resource to support researchers. Literally, the mission page starts with, dear research, dear researchers, you deserve more. I, I love it. You know, it's trying to reduce yeah. the burdens on folks mm -hmm. trying to do this work. So yeah. that's fantastic. No, so no get, cost, not even freemium. Yeah. Get in on it, but until Microsoft <laughs> buys it and it's not free. But for now, <laughs> so true. it is free. So true. <laughs> no, no yeah. you know, Microsoft will make it free then. It just costs you a username and to be in yeah. their system uh, and to be tracked by them. Not talking about Flipgrid or anything. It's not what? Oh, oh, nobody's, nobody's bitter. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Research Rabbit. Uh, check it out, guys. Uh, seems like a cool tool uh, and uh, excited more. So again, Justin, thank you for joining us. Round two. <laughs> for this returning. You know, he, he got, he drove all the way back to his room. Yeah, uh, and uh, pop back in to, to make sure you guys didn't miss your app recommendation yes. for this episode. So uh, as always, man, it is super awesome to have you on here. And now Will and I will actually debrief. Maybe. We don't know. Who, who knows? We might come back and another guest might be here. We have. Hey, it's a crazy night. Shoot me a text. Let me know if I need to. If you wake me up in the middle of the night, we can just keep going um, with this. All right. That's fine. Uh, you know, I'm open. <laughs> I'm available. You heard yeah. it from Justin. It's I want to be on Chrissy's good side. I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, Justin. We'll be back yep. uh, here real quick for a debrief. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, uh, so much to break down. I don't, like, I, I feel like we're gluttons for punishment, you know, because. By inviting Justin back time and time again. Inviting again, Justin so time from and him time again. Every time. Like, so much, so much to think about. So much information. Uh, I love the guy. I, I, I He I kept, he kept the German, the, the antiquated, not antiquated. He kept the 
ancient german philosophers to a minimum this time yeah like to the end until we one. until we kind of challenged him i feel like we <laughs> yeah. like threw we threw yeah, down we're... his german philosopher gauntlet and he delivered uh and he delivered, he delivered. with a uh, comenius again uh, yes. he's popping up um and he's not actually german uh check but uh you know it'll do <laughs> um <laughs> For, for, Oops. for authors uh anyway um yeah no um yeah i think to a comment we didn't mention this at the beginning but it is fitting that justin was here for the why um because if we're yeah. being honest it was a conversation a year ago with justin during our gaming series um that kind of triggered us wanting to talk about ungrading eventually will and i've been holding this one in the in the hopper for a little while so we could find oh, yeah. the right time we kept um, we kept looking at it like, are we ready to do this? Is it time, uh, well, is it time to pull the trigger? Uh, not just yet. Um, so it's very fitting. I I really I do attribute I think some of my positivity towards ungrading to Justin, which is why uh, I really appreciate him coming to talk about the why. Because at the end of the day, I think I keep coming back to this, and we talk about it with Justin, which is that the the why doing ungrading is about the fact that we've created an arbitrary system for ranking people and Mm -hmm. ranking their learning that it doesn't actually equal learning like just because somebody got an a doesn't mean they learned it doesn't mean they learned and that's a problem i know i'm that way i just did stuff to get the grade like i get it he's in classes i'm pretty sure i didn't learn or i don't remember or who knows what happened um i was (laughs) was probably listening to the high-tech podcast uh the the high part i'm joking (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> but like it's it's Put become em. a motivation problem where like we're putting the emphasis on something that we don't want the emphasis on right like well, and, that, well, and we're forcing important. them to do something that's not giving us the result that we actually want it's getting the result yeah. of them checking some boxes but have they actually been transformed have they actually yeah. become a, a a different person i wouldn't i don't need to qualify it and say better person but like have they grown and become different yeah. have they have they been molded and shaped um, I, I think that there's some conversations coming down the line in the ungrading series where folks will yeah. hear more about what that, that looks like and how we can mm-hmm. do that to transform our students in the process of this learning. But that's what Justin's setting up for us in this episode, right? If we want to do this, we want to do this because it transforms. Yeah. Un- ungrading is a practice that bucks against the system mm-hmm. and, and elevates or emphasizes the learner the student. And, and to me, it's like, it's like a, I don't know. It's just a check. It's like a, you know, check yourself. Like, is your head, is your heart in the right place for education? Are you driving towards the correct goal? The faculty who I've met in the past, especially first and second year faculty who are scrambling, uh, scared, crazy, crying to grab at any book or pre-made PowerPoint they possibly can. Cause they're just like, Give me something I can just say in front of the students. I I really wish I could give them this advice. I mean, I've helped a lot of those folks. I've, I really have helped a lot of those first year teachers who have never taught in higher education before, never taught before. Can I get something to be able to show on Monday's class? But I really wish today I could tell each of them, like, stop. Don't if, if you're so scared of this, if you're not even sure what to do yet, stop. Set yourself an outline and just focus on getting the students to experience that and learn and and like honestly one year of teaching without a textbook and and not going exactly towards all the pre-made quizzes and and having a a nice powerpoint made for you 
just just to one year of that as your first year teacher, I bet you you're going to make a lot more of an impact with the students as you work with them towards the end result, as opposed to faking it and make and trying to convince them that there's something you have to t- teach them. You know what I mean? Like like that to me is like, here's the textbook. I've, I've got something to say. I promise you this is good. As opposed to being like, no, you know what? Um, I've done accounting before and this is what I've done. And it's not always fun and it's hard. Yeah. And we're going to have to learn these things and we're going to have to do those things and we're going to do them together. Like that to me is a lot better of an attitude and posture towards learning and towards your learners than like, well, just somebody give me a system that I can I can put these students through and it's going to get us get us learned something. That's yeah. Oy. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I'm I just might be in the buck some of the system mood lately with this. Uh, series, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, I think there's something to it. I think there's something to this idea of how do we at least with the grading system, release that arbitrary um, rating that we give students yeah. and yeah. focus more on um, transforming feedback, them. focus more on transformation, feedback. focus more on uh, pushing them to uh, get outside of their comfort zone and, and look in those areas. And I think the ungrading in a way attempts to create kind of that playground uh, for it. So thank you, Justin, again, if you're listening, uh, I don't actually pretend to know if you actually listen to the episodes you're on or not. I have no idea. Um, if you're like me, you probably don't. So you'll never hear this, but those listening, um, <laughs> Uh, know that we thanked Justin um, for joining uh, this episode. So anyway, uh, next week, uh, we are going to continue the ungrading series. That's right. This is a five-parter. So we're barely in, folks. Okay? Uh, Just a toe in the water. Put your... I'm just gonna, I couldn't come up with buckle. Buckle apparently is a hard word right now. Um, so uh, <laughs> buckle up. Buckle <laughs> again. Um, because uh, next week, we are going to jump into the third episode in our ungrading series, episode 93 um, we're actually, uh, we're not going to have a guest on next week. Will and I are going to talk about how do you set this up in your LMS? Um, so Will and I have interacted with ungrading uh, before in the LMS level, and we have worked in multiple LMSs. Um, we have seen the the nitty gritty of how to do some of this stuff. And there is actually a way to build ungrading courses in LMSs. It's not yep. beautiful all the time. It's a little jerry-rigged. Uh, but when you do it right, you can actually do a good supportive technology system for your ungrading courses. So we're going to talk a little bit about that next week uh, and introduce you to an app that is near and dear to our hearts, TechSmith Snagit. Uh, we're going to talk about how that can be used for video feedback next week as well. So again, just a reminder, find us out on the socials at High Tech Podcast. It's here. It's located down here. And it's over next to Will. And if you're like, guys, I'm listening to this in my car. I have no idea what you're saying. That's because we're also on YouTube. Uh, so find us on Twitter and YouTube at High Tech Podcast. Come subscribe. You know, you click make it. me feel better. Click you the know, bell. Just, click it. just subscribe. Do it. Just, just if do it. you uh, if enough of you subscribe, we might decide to like do something with this podcast behind yeah. besides make it a hobby. Like we could we could be yeah. great guys. We could make money doing this. No, we might not make <laughs> We? You mean like the two of us, not the rest? You said that like it was a group thing? Like, Everyone join us. Thing. We will be a we collective. can make money. <laughs> No, um, no, seriously though, if you like listening to us, let us know, you know, subscribe we appreciate to us on it. YouTube, it would be great. Um, you can find us again at High Tech Podcast. Uh, you can choose an email if you're interested in a topic you want us to talk about on the podcast, you want to be on the podcast, you have something you think you could share with us. We love having people join us. Uh, hit us up at inbox at hightechpod.us and our website has all the resources on all the apps we've talked about, uh, our breakdowns of how to use them and apps that we've used really well. 
Um, Will and I have even put uh, breakdowns uh, of us actually using them onto the website. So check that out, hightechpod.us. Yeah, that's it. Check us out. We're on the interwebs, uh, other than listening. Thank you again for joining us for another week as we continue to learn what it looks like to harness technology in the classroom, whether online or in person. See ya. See ya.